Welcome to the Bubblehead Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm with my co-host, Robert. We're going to hear discuss some sells for you in Dynasty Fantasy Football. Before we want to do that, we were going to talk about a couple of uh, signings that has some fantasy impact. Uh, what's the first one that happened that you feel is impactful, Robert? So the Jarvis Landry signing with the New Orleans uh, it definitely has fantasy impact, right? I think it's a kind of an impact for all, all parties involved. It's a great move for like NFL purposes, but it's a terrible move in terms of fantasy, right? You you're, you have three three guys who could all dominate targets, and I, I think all three are pretty target dependent um, in terms of you know their fantasy impact. So I, I'm selling each each of the three here. I, I don't really want much to do with them. Chris Olave is still a long term buy, uh, but you know if you're looking to, for him to break out year one, you're probably going to be disappointed. Yeah, I agree. And it's interesting. They all seem to be similar players. And that's kind of what you mentioned with the old target dependency. They're PPR monsters, right? That's what we expect from Alave. And that's certainly what Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry have had success at in their career. It might be a decent buying opportunity for Alave, right? If you're like a, a rebuild team that, you know, you're really trying to not try. I mean, I guess you're kind of trying to be bad, but you know, you're not concerned about competing for a few years. Maybe this drives down a lobby's price a little bit because, you know, in two, three years, I, I do think he can be the number one target in that offense. But, but yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. Great for you, right? You're a Saints fan. So this, I definitely think helps Jameis Winston and is going to make all a better football team. But fantasy wise, it just dings all three of them. For sure. So the Njoku contract extension is another big, you know, big news here. I'm actually, I'm, I was kind of shocked when it happened. You know, it's a huge shocked, overpay. Right? <laughs> huge, huge overpay. But, I thought my application was wrong or something, you know, it was an error. I couldn't but, believe it. I mean, they paid, they paid him. So that's great for fantasy, right? You pay a guy that much money, you have to play him. Yep. Talk about um, security. So, I mean... But what has he shown to deserve that contract? Yeah, it almost, you know, I have like two theories. One, Cleveland is just doing, you know, they're insane. Like someone has put a spell on the uh, people's in power. First, they give a fully guaranteed contract to Deshaun Watson, regardless of, you know, what you think about his potential legal situation. A fully guaranteed contract is right groundbreaking for that kind of money. That, that just doesn't happen. You know, it, it kind of like, you know, it's a revolutionary contract in that way. But then the next move is they give a near top of the market dollar amount to David Njoku, who sure was a, you know, good prospect, very athletic. But like you said, what have they done in the NFL? Like they've had very, you know, a few moments, but haven't been put together impressive seasons. He's getting paid top five, like tight of money. Yeah, like has he been a top five? You know, in the league, no way. I would say he hasn't been top ten, maybe top fifteen. So, but you know, fantasy purpose, like you said, it's going to give him security. Obviously, he's going to be there, and he's going to factor in because, right? It's really Cooper, him, and and David Bell. You know, maybe Donald Peoples Jones, but. You know, he should factor in as the number two or three target. So I think he's a real fantasy asset going forward. You know, as like your backup. You're like, don't get me wrong. I'm not planning on starting him. But, you know, life has been breath, 
back into David Njoku and fantasy for sure. Yeah, so let's move into the to the cells. Why not? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll start us off. Uh, we're going to start with the quarterback position, and my number one cell is Trey Lance. And Trey Lance is a very polarizing player in fantasy, right? He's got on sleeper right now. His ADP overall is twenty six. He is a early third round pick, and there are plenty of leagues where he's going in the second. Uh, he's QB eleven overall. So. Really, you know, for me, this is like, how risky do you want to be? For me, it seems it makes sense for me to sell someone an early third round pick on ADP to get something more proven. Now, don't get me wrong. Hey, Lance could hit. If he has this great second year, he's going to be an early second, maybe a you know first round pick and start up drafts next year. But the risk is too much for me because if he has a bad year he's going to plummet in value right i just see it as a great opportunity to get out if you right if you can get really good value for trey lance who you didn't take until probably middle of the first round maybe i guess there were a few people very high but you can get really good value so i would say just take it and you know reduce your risk yeah, so I'll say this. I wasn't impressed by him in, in his first two starts uh, in the NFL. And I, and I think that kind of, for me, that's why I want to sell. You know, I, I wasn't, like, so impressed that I'm sitting there saying, like, man, if he doesn't improve at all, he's still going to be a good starter in the NFL. Like, no, I'm saying, like, he needs to improve quite a bit for me to say that he's an NFL starter. So, right, why am I – why would I buy him in the second or third round of a draft – when I'm not sure he's going to start in the NFL two, three years from now, right? Um, I would rather take a chance on a wide receiver or running back at that point and rather, or, or an older quarterback and try to buy another rookie further down the line. Or, or you could even really realistically at that price, like you're looking at a pretty, at a good enough prospect of running back and wide receiver that you're, you're able to buy Trey Lance in the future for like, you know, a couple players, including the one you drafted instead of him and buying Trey Lance, maybe if, if he's like, you know, does end up being a, a quality starter in the NFL or even like a decent starter in the NFL. Um, I think that's just too rich for him right now. You know, you don't know what you're going to get. I'd, I'd rather like get a 2023 quarterback at that point. And I think it's a lot of people just being desperate with the lack of rookie quarterbacks this year. Yeah, I think you're right about the desperation part which is driving this because you're right i mean what we've seen so far hasn't been very impressive like we've seen glimpses right we know he's a great athlete we know that lance can make plays on the ground but with his arm i mean he had a few good throws but he had a lot of bad ones and it was a little bit sample size and he came from the fcs so i expected you know it would take time Hence why, right, they kept Jim Grapple around. And, hey, they're even potentially considering doing a second year. I doubt it. Um, but you and I have differed a little bit on Lance. You've been more critical than Lance and I. I think Lance will be a usable fantasy asset for the next, you know, three to four years, right? When you get drafted third overall, you just get so many chances. I mean, look at Daniel Jones. He's still getting an opportunity four years in when he's done nothing, right? He's just been bad. 
So I think he'll get many opportunities, but I mean, look at Sam Darnold, right? You're going to get the opportunity, yeah. but yeah. You know, what does he do with it? My reason of trading him is what you can get. I, so shout out to the dynasty nerds. Uh, dynasty nerds is an awesome podcast. One of the best in the industry. And they have this tool called the trade browser. And these are like actual real trades made from sleeper in my fantasy league. And I just going to rattle off some for the various players. And that's really what made me think I need to trade Trey Lance, right? So Trey Lance and one Oh four for Kyler Murray, right? That, that one four is a good player, but to go to that young proven star QB, like that's well worth it. Trey Lance for Mac Jones and Antonio Gibson. Trey Lance for Tua and 105. Similar potential upside with Tua. Maybe not quite as high, but you're also getting 105. Um, Tua for... Not Tua, I'm sorry. <laughs> Trey Lance and A.J. Brown for Deshaun Watson, D.K. Metcalf. For me, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, pretty similar. Quite similar in value. Sean Watson and Trey Lance, not at all similar. Now, yes, there are some legal issues potentially with uh, Sean Watson, but like talent-wise, there's. I know he hasn't played for you know since 2020, but in case you all forgot, he's one of the best players on the planet. So, those are some examples that you know really make me think Trey Lance is is a good sell right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I. Trey Lance, for what you can get for him, you know, you got to say it, sell him. And so I think that moves us into our second, you know, buy and sell or sell at the quarterback position, and that's Malik Willis. So I'm just going to start off with this. Who who can you think of that is a third round pick or later that has actually had success in the NFL? Because I can think of three off the top of my head, and Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, and Tom Brady. Those are the so, three I had. Yeah. So the you know those are three huge huge names, obviously. But how many others have there been that have not been successful? Yeah, but that's since two thousand and two, or the year two thousand, right? That was when Brady yeah. was drafted. Yeah, that's since two thousand. That's a three and you know twenty years of drafts. So I'm not taking those odds, and that's why I'm out on all these quarterbacks and drafted this year, except for. Kenny Pickett, who even Kenny Pickett, I'm still kind of selling. Um, but you know, that's that's beside the point. I, you know, with Malik Willis, you know, I love the athletic ability, but there's huge question marks in terms of his arm. And I don't know if he can develop that. I don't think he was this like he wasn't like an elite quarterback really at the next at the at college. He was good for Liberty, but like whenever he played like good talent. At like top programs, he didn't really play like great games. So, you know, I I'm questionable with with Malik Willis. I I don't see he has to improve quite quite a bit uh, for me to to take a shot on him. And I and I think that's like a, you're looking at a couple years down the line for him being a useful prospect. Yeah, total project. And uh, I got I'm not gonna lie, I got caught up a little bit with the fantasy football hype, right? Every, so many people are saying he's the you know QB one in this class, and he's gonna Seattle's gonna take him, or Carolina's gonna take him. This team and that team, right? There's so much hype, and I resisted it a, a little bit, but not enough. You know, I think I, you know, 
by about the senior bowl, he was probably, I don't know, somewhere at like QB four for me, maybe QB three. And I let him drift up a little bit. So I'm a little annoyed with myself for not sticking to my process, but yeah, I mean, third round pick, you said it all. I mean, let's look at some of these trades that are happening. So this one just is like gross to me to think of like if I was to buy Malik Willis. So Malik Willis and two fourths in 2023 for 2024 first and a 23 fifth. Like, you kidding me? I can get a first for this guy, especially, by the way, if you don't know, 2024 is in a fantastic class. I'm talking about it the way that everyone was talking about 23, 12 months ago. Um, let's see. We got Malik Willis and a 23 first for Stefan Diggs. To me, you're talking a 23 first and a third round pick for Stefan Diggs. Like, easy day. Malik Willis, Jelani Woods, 23 second for Jamison Winston and Miles Sanders. Personally, I am bullish on Jamison Winston. And I still think Sanders has potential. So I like that side. Malik Willis for Brandon Ayuk. Like time after time after time, I'm saying, yes, obviously give me <laughs> the non-Malik Willis side. So if somebody offered me Brandon Ayuk for Malik Willis. Right. We're I talking a first round wide enough. receiver that has shown they have the ability to perform in the NFL. Like obviously give me Ayuk. Now it's not a great situation, right? They got Kittle, they got Debo, but a young wide receiver that has proven they can produce <laughs> over a third round QB that I had questions before the NFL draft. Yeah. I think it's clear. Sell the Liberty product. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have anything else about Malik Willis. I, I think that's, that's insane. Right. Yeah. Right. It's hard to believe people are still buying uh, the potential there. All right. So should we move on to our running backs here? Yeah, let's go on. All right, so my first run, or my running back sell number one is going to be Austin Eckler, and I hate to say this because I have been a, I still am a fan of Austin Eckler, right? We're talking undrafted free agent, like broke all the odds, right? Robert loves odds. He he loves you know looking at statistics. He is the statistic breaker, right? He's had two top five finishes in his career in fantasy. And last year he was amazing. Um, I won a championship in one league because of Austin Eckler, you know, his success. My issue is, is I just, I think this is the last time you're going to be able to sell for premium, premium value. This is the perfect time to get out on a running back. He just turned 27 last month in mid-May. And he's still going 20th overall. He's a mid-second round pick in startups. For, and we're talking, by the way, uh, these are super flex, tight and premium leagues, right? So he's obviously much higher than non-super flex leagues. Um, he's RB6. And I just don't see the value because unlikely that he's going to finish this well in 2022 as he did last year. But even if he does after that, like, right? Then you're 28 and 28, you know, that's like being 30 for a wide receiver. You know, you just lose value. So for me, I want to get out now, get a great return and, you know, roll in that running back value into a younger player. And that's what I do. You know, every two, three years, I just want to turn over my running backs because they don't last that long. 
yeah, I, I think that's like a key reason to sell Eckler. Um, I mean, he's had injury issues as well. Um, so you know, you're yeah, he's he's missed a couple games. He hasn't had like entire seasons missed like Christian McCaffrey lately. But you know, I mean, still, you know, there's there's injury issues that that, that pop up, and and yeah, you know, that that kind of tells me like, man, maybe it's it's close to time. Uh, and so that's you know one of the reasons I'm trying to sell. And then too, you know, they just drafted Isaiah Spiller, which I'm not a huge Isaiah Spiller fan, but at the same time, like that's that's what tell that tells me is that they're looking for they're looking for the answer for the future behind Eckler. And I mean, I th- I think that they're trying to find that, and and that's telling me like, hey, I, that's my chance, my signal for saying, hey, I need to get out. Yeah, I, I, Spiller, I do like Spiller a little more than you do, um, but Spiller is just a reinforcement of this thing they've been doing. They've drafted Larry Roundtree. They've drafted Justin Jackson, um, obviously Isaiah Spiller, and they drafted Josh Kelly. These are all in the last three years. They're trying to find, if you're an optimist for Eckler, the complement, right, the ground and pound running back because Eckler's so proficient as a pass getter. Or if you're a pessimist, they're trying to find his replacement. And – I mean, just look at his numbers, what he did last year, and that tells me why you have to sell. So Eckler, right, he was behind Melvin Gordon for a few years. He was that pass-catching, you know, change of pace back, and he was very efficient. He's always been an efficient back. But last year he became more of a workhorse. He had 300 total rushing attempts slash targets. That's workhorse, you know, territory if you ask me. He has never had, right? So he had 206 rushing attempts. His previous high was 132. He had 911 rushing yards. His previous, his last three seasons, right? 530, 557, 554. Does it look like there's a pattern there of like the actual amount of yards they're trying to give the guy, right? Uh, Touchdowns. Let's talk about touchdowns. He had 20 total touchdowns last year. In the three years prior, he had 20 total touchdowns, right? He had way more volume than he's had, and I think he got luck on the touchdown department. All this tells me is even if he has a really good year next year, I think he's like a low-end RB1. Low-end RB1 going into 28, he loses a ton of value. Sell now. Get what you can. Let's look at some of these trades, Robert. Eckler for C.D. Lamb, straight up. Eckler for Mari Cooper and Elijah Moore. Now, Elijah Moore and Amari Cooper, they're kind of, you know, polarizing players themselves. Personally, I think you got a wide receiver one this year and a wide receiver two. So I'm all about it. Uh, let's see. Eckler and Michael Thomas for DeAndre Swift. Give me DeAndre Swift every day. Similar style back, but so much younger. Eckler for Dalvin Cook, Mitch Trubisky, A.J. Green. Now the other two players mostly are useless, but there's potential for both of them. Potential. But give me Dalvin Cook. He's a younger player, more durable. Well, sorry, not durable in terms of the sense of injury concerns, but he's more reliable, in my opinion, when he's healthy. He's going to get volume, at least his whole career he has. Um, Eckler, Christian Watson for Brees Hall. You know, I like Christian Watson, but give me Brees Hall. I don't know. It, I feel like right, we're agreeing on like all of these, and it's 
that might be an indication that we play dynasty very similar but like are any of these trades where you're screaming out like no give me the eckler side am i wrong on these i mean maybe the dalvin cook one um, okay may like and that's like literally just because the other two players are toss-ups and i think dalvin cook is like also just as old um but i'm still taking the dalvin cook side but like i can understand where that mindset comes from okay with the Here, Cook side. I, I got one more i think you'll appreciate this eckler and brian robinson for barclay and chris olave like to me are you kidding me first of all all right barclay versus eckler uh close like honestly i i think i'd lead eckler uh but chris olave you're gonna get a what was he, the 12th pick in the NFL draft? Wide receiver yeah. with great speed, great route running. Like his floor is he's going to have five years as a wide receiver three in the NFL. Now, I hate Chris Olave, at least relative to you, Robert, but I'm screaming except and smashing that side to get Barkley and Olave. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, Barkley, you know, you have the issues with maybe the knee injury, but um, I mean, what if he gets healthy? And has a good two three years, then you know that's a solid value increase over. Right, over getting two years younger for a better talent. Granted, he has had some injury issues. He has, but I think he's been a little unlucky. And not to mention, they've been doing good things. They've improved that offensive line. Obviously, they brought in a much more competent coach. So, yeah, I mean, these are just some examples that I've found to. Um, you know, what you can get in return. And I think most of them are, at least most of them are wins and some of them are slam dunks. So if you've got Eckler out there, go and see, you know, what you can get back. Yeah. I mean, the only thing else I have to say about Eckler is just, you know, he's had a good run, but at the same time, you know, the, the chargers, they're looking to get younger running back as well. So it's it's about that time. It's about that time. You're you're either gonna sell. You don't want to sell too late with these guys at running back. Um, and with the amount of holes that they just filled this offseason for the Chargers, I wouldn't be surprised if they look for a first second round running back next year. You know, I think they could easily say like swing for the fences on a on a quality prospect next year. We'll kind of see where their draft plays out and where their you know capital kind of comes out. But like, what if what if you know like the uh, Bill Robinson comes and you know he falls a, a little a couple spots and or B. John Robinson, excuse me. What if he falls a couple spots and they're able to draft him? You know, uh, I, I think it's a good situation now to sell him rather than sell him too late next year. Yeah, and that and that's my point is is Eckler is probably going to have a good year, but the value you can get right now it just locks in that value, right? It's possible. Right? What if Isaiah Spiller has a great year? What if he proves to be the player that was dominating in the SEC? All of a sudden, Eckler's worth is going to just plummet. You know, you got to sell these older running backs. Yeah. Um, So I don't have anything else about um, Eckler. Um, Let's move on to the next sell. Yeah. Why don't you go for the next one? Let's move on to the next sell. So uh, Derek Henry, uh, kind of the same book ballpark as um, Austin Eckler in terms of you know getting getting on board getting off the train when before it leaves the station right um, you know Derek Henry obviously he's been a superstar in fantasy the last two couple years but he had the injury this past year 
So, is that the start of the decline? That's the question. Um, I think you're looking at H. I think you're looking at the best opportunity to sell Derrick Henry. It's still at the top of his value right now. Maybe it would have made sense to trade him last year. I think it did, but at the same time, like okay, that's last year's come and gone. Now you have one more opportunity to sell at peak value, or maybe not peak value, but close to peak value. So again, right? The Titans, you know, they they're getting younger at wide receiver. They don't really have a backup this year. So, I mean, that's great for Derrick Henry now, but that just means that they're going to run him into the ground again. So let them, let me get what I can for him now before they finish running him into the ground this year. Yeah. I mean, there's a pattern here, right? Sell older running backs. You got to sell them before they lose all value. It's, you know, it seems simple and maybe because it is simple. Yes, sell older running backs before they become worthless. I mean, look at Le'Veon Bell. Look at, you know, you name it, all these great running backs. Look at LaShawn McCoy. Um, all these players that had years and years of fan success, they, they're cliff. It just happens. It's a cliff. It's not a, you know, nice, gentle hill that you roll down. You fall off a cliff to fantasy death. And Derek, or Derek Henry has been amazing. Ever since his time in Alabama, once he got the full reins on the situation, Tennessee has been amazing. I mean, dominant. To be that good in PPR format with being a limited, very limited PPR, you know, actual catch, you know, providing that catching is fantastic. And and bravo to him, but he's he's already 28 and a half. He turned 28 in the beginning of January. So we're talking a 29-year-old running back at the end of this next season. Like, this guy is a third-round pick. He's 33rd overall, RB10. And he's coming off a Liz Frank injury. This is a structural injury in the foot of a large, very large running back. That, to me, screams run away. Because if he was healthy, right? Say he was healthy. I'm still saying so. But especially when you factor in that injury history, he finally got hurt. He'd been Herculean, never got hurt forever. He finally gets hurt, and it's a structural thing on his foot. Feet are pretty important for running backs. So I'm going to sell Derrick Henry. And, I mean, the only way I'm keeping Derrick Henry, all right, I guess this goes for for Eckler too, is if I know that, you know, their great year is going to push me to a title, if I'm just that good, okay, if I'm selling, I need something that either one can replicate their production or two is a bit of an overpay. So I'll caveat in general, I want to sell them, but Hey, right. If, if this is what it takes to win, I'd rather win a championship. And then, you know, the next year get nothing than finish third, you know, for the next three years, because the way we play this game is to win dynasty titles right? Third place, not so much. But um, a couple of trades I found, um, Derek Henry straight up for Dalvin Cook. Give me Cook. Two years younger, has been as prolific at times. He has had more injury issues, but two years younger. This one's interesting. Derek Henry, Marcus valdez scandling, and a 2023 second for Debo. 
I'm, I don't want either of those two trades, to be honest with you. I'd rather just keep Derrick Henry. Really? So the interesting thing is, and, and you see this with older players oftentimes, is that their startup value and then what they're getting traded for are not equivalent, right? He's going 33rd overall in ADP on sleeper. That is more value than we saw in those trades. I mean, that just depends on what you think of, you know, Dalvin Cook and Debo, right? I think Debo, one, I think is the trade rumors around Debo have me concerned because I think the only situation that really fills fits Debo to a T is San Francisco. Um, and then two, for Dalvin Cook, I mean, he's always hurt. So, like, I don't want a old running back, old a, a getting older running back that's always been hurt. Like, I can just, I'll just keep Derrick Henry for that, right? And I mean, I don't know. I'm looking to get like a you know a younger running back. I'm looking to get like a Brees Hall, DeAndre Swift kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's just hard, right? There are not a lot of people out there going from the oldest running backs, right? The Derrick. I mean, Derrick Henry is the oldest high scoring running back. Well, I think you missed your opportunity to sell. You you missed your opportunity last year. Yes. Last year was the year you could get a King's Ransom. He was an early second-round pick this time last year. But, hey, he only lost about a round and a half-ish of value. So that's not a terrible loss. I mean, he didn't give you anything during the year, so, yes, you screwed up. But you can still get out. Or really what it is is, I guess what it, the real lesson is, is you don't take him in, in a startup because what we're seeing with trades Aren't in relative value to the startup. The people taking Derrick Henry in a startup are the people that are saying, I'm going to win right now. And those people aren't selling. So yeah. that's why we're not seeing in the trades. Yeah. And I mean, the, the, the computer, the people who are competing now already have Derrick Henry, most likely. Um, so I don't think you're going to see that in most trades unless your roster already aged out of Derrick Henry. You know what I mean? Um, so if you can find, if you have a league where the guy who had a lot like who won a few titles and their roster is like starting to age out, then that's when you should be like kind of reaching out to, to see if you can get Derrick Henry. If your roster is like, you know, in that com- competing phase. Um, but yeah, I mean, you missed your opportunity, but yeah, was, you still need to sell for anything you get really, um, try to get a young running back out of it. Um, or maybe a first round pick or something like that. But so how about this? If you're, are you taking a 2023 first, right? If I have, say, right, your scenario there, you won the title last year in spite of Derrick Henry's injury, um, and you have him, and you're saying, you know what, I'm going to reset. I won my money, and you know, I want to reset. I'm going to sell Derrick Henry. I'm going to sell some of these older players. I, on the other yes, hand, lost I will to absolutely. you. Why, why I lost to you in the finals, so yeah. I still have a really good roster. You know, so I'm thinking, hey, I'm trading 112. 111 in the 2023 class. Is that enough for you to sell Derrick Henry? If I won the title without Derrick Henry and Derrick Henry is on my bench hurt, then I'm absolutely trading him for a first round pick. I don't care what it is. I, I'm, I'm going to believe that I can still win a title because Derrick Henry didn't offer me anything last year. So why would I like what, what makes me think that I wouldn't win one this year or have a chance of winning one this year? Interesting. See, I differ with you, right? In that scenario, I painted say I was the one, you know, right? Our roles were reversed in that scenario. I'd prefer to keep Henry because if I just won a title and unless I just, you know, 
Hey, sometimes you get lucky when you win a title. You you know, you pick up a Jeff Wilson from a few years ago for a playoff stretch, and you know this player, that player, you know, or you have Alvin Kamara. What was it two years ago when he had six touchdowns in the finals? Um, right. Sometimes it happens arbitrarily, but if you legitimately want a title, and you're telling me I can add Derrick Henry to go back to back, I think I would take it because if I could get two titles in a row. Even if Derek can returns into the value of like a third round pick, which is probably unlikely, but hey, let's be pessimistic. I still think I would, you know, try and run it back. But um, that's just me. Do you have anything else though here for uh, Derek Henry? No, I think we can move on to the next wide receiver. Yeah, let's jump into our wide receivers here. So my number one sell for wide receivers, uh, there's a really becoming a trend here for the non-quarterbacks at least it's sell older players and i'm gonna say that you should sell cooper cup and before you tell me hey but you know cooper cup just had the best wide receiver fantasy football season ever i'll tell you i know one that's why you should sell him but two i don't care he's 29 well excuse me he'll be 29 in the mid of june so you got to sell him because the value is there. What happened to Michael Thomas after his record-breaking season? So Michael Thomas actually is relative to the other great seasons. Um, he's not the best example because right he had the injuries. He only played uh, how many games? He's played like four games since that that season. Well, well certainly yes, you're right. Uh, <laughs> this past year was even worse. But the 2020 year, the next season, he at least put up 83.9 points in fantasy. Last year in 2021, much worse. But yes, Michael Thomas. So I actually, um, I was thinking about this, and I'm like, am I really going to sell the number one freaking wide receiver season ever? And I said, you know what? I got to look at some of these other fantasy. You know, just outlier seasons, these great seasons that wide receivers had. So I looked at the top 10. And then I said, what did they do their next year? On average, that was a 20.6% decrease in points on a per game level, right? So that's getting rid of injury. So even though Michael Thomas only played a few games, right, that factors in just the points they played per game. Over a fifth of the points they had were, you know, on average was deducted. Literally every single one of them had less points. There were a few that was close. Antonio Brown and Calvin Johnson were at 1.2% and 2.9% decrease. So effectively the same. But even with those almost the same, think of what, you know, the other numbers for the average to be 20 and a half percent decrease. So to me, he's an easy sell because history tells us he's going to have a, a large decrease and he's about to turn 29. It's, it's a real easy sell for me. Yeah. I mean, I, you can get a King's ransom for Cooper cup right now. So you're either looking at, you're going to sell him now or you're going to sell him a year late. And that's the thing. It's about selling him now because if you sell him in a year, the value would be way less, even even if he has another great year. Another great year. Let's say that he just has the average reduction because, right, I say average because there's Michael Thomas who had 48.5% reduction in points per game. There's Randy Moss that had 38.9, 
right? There's Randy Moss again, who had 33.2, right? If he has those types of reductions in numbers, next year his value is truly plummeted in the toilet. But let's say it's average. His average reduction, 20.5%. That would put him at 348 points on the season, which if you compare it historically, because there's an extra game, we're looking at 324 points. In the last four years, there have been 15 players to score more than 315 points, which is very similar or more points than what he would likely have. So, like, you're telling me almost four players per year are going to have the same number of points? Trade him. 13th overall in ADP. He's the first pick in the second round in ADP. Wide receiver three. Yeah, if I can get like Joe, uh, Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase, like throw in, throw in like a second or third round pick or something, including Cooper Cup, like I'm going to do that. Shoot, if I thought I had a a championship team, I'd throw in a first. I would put my 23 first on the line saying, hey, this is going to be 111, this is going to be 112. I will go, you know, this 23 first and Cooper Cup, give me Jamar Chase, give me Justin Jefferson because of the age. The points, the production will be similar. Perhaps Cooper Cup beats him a little bit. But what, are we talking a point, maybe two per game? If we look at what we're expecting him to reduce, his targets were insane. He's not going to get that many more targets. That's another factor, right? Not only was Cam Akers hurt, which made them a more pass-heavy team, we think they'll be a little more uh, run-heavy relatively, but you bring in Allen Robinson, who, to me, is better than Odell Beckham Jr., Van Jefferson, Robert Woods. Robert Woods was a really good receiver. He got hurt, and then OBJ had to come in and had to assimilate with the team. So, in essence, Cooper Cup had these weeks where he was like the guy, and he had this abnormally high amount of targets. So, like, for example, his targets per game on average for the season was 11.2. The two weeks uh, that Tyler Higby missed, who is their good tight end, he had 14 on average. Week 10, the first week with OBJ there, which happened to be the first week Robert Woods wasn't there. So, right, take Robert Woods away and put in a brand-new OBJ. He had 13. Like, his numbers, I think, were partially inflated because of – the injury to Robert Woods, the lack of, you know, OBJ's familiarity. Tyler Higby missed two games. Oh, and Cam Akers, who was lighting the world on fire at the beginning of his rookie year, he missed effectively the whole year. So to me, Cooper Cup, there's no chance that he can retain the same amount of points. So unless he's giving you that many points, it doesn't make sense to hold on to him. Yeah, so let's talk about the the next guy on the list here. Um, you know, it's the same principle. Uh, Tyreek Hill, he's another sell for us. Um, it's the same thing, right? Past production does not equal future production. He's getting old. One, it's a completely new situation. Um, and well, so one, he has a more competition for targets in this team with um, Jalen Waddle, Mike Gusecki, who we're going to mention in a little bit, and Tyreek Hill now. 
uh, those three solid people that need that need to get targets. Um, they have plenty of running backs that are going to compete for targets, and they don't have a great quarterback. So now Tua, he's what two years, two three years removed now from the injury. So we get, we'll see if he starts to you know get that that back that he had before the injury. But I. I want to sell Tyreek Hill before the value crashes there. Um, I don't think you're ever going to see wide receiver one value ever again. Uh, you might see high wide receiver two, but you know I don't think you're going to see high wide receiver one value again. And, and I think so. That means that that means it's time to sell. I think t- two things strike me. One, um, I'm really upplaying the change of situation. That is a really big reason why he's such a sell for me. Two, you're not quite right. Right now is the last time you'll get wide receiver one value. His ADP for startup is wide receiver 10, 34th overall. You're still getting a wide receiver one value for this guy. Well, I mean, I don't I don't mean wide receiver one value in terms of a trade. I mean wide receiver one production. I do not see him getting wide receiver one production this year. I agree. I agree. And that's why I'm saying you got to sell him because right now you're getting wide receiver one value. But he's, as a 28, he just turned 28 in March. On his 28-year-old season, he's not going to be a wide receiver one. What does that mean his value will be as a 29-year-old receiver coming off of a non-wide receiver one season? Right? And just keep going forward as a 30-year-old. Like, he's about to hit the cliff. But he's still 34th overall in ADP. Sell him now. He's a third-round pick. And mainly, that's because I doubt Tua. Not only do I doubt Tua, I believe in Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle is a hell of a player. Jalen Waddle is the closest thing we've seen in the NFL since Tyreek Hill, in my opinion. But Jalen Waddle had 148 targets last year. That 148 targets turned into 1,015 yards. In 2018, Tyreek Hill had 137 targets. Turned that into 1,479. Tyreek Hill in the last four years has averaged, and this is with missing significant time in 2019. He's averaged 130 targets, which led to to 85 receptions, 1,213 yards, 10.75 touchdowns. Do we really, like, where do we feel Patrick Mahomes versus Tua Tonga below in terms of their ability to deliver the football to wide receiver? Okay, let's keep that in mind. I believe Patrick Mahomes is world's better. Hey, even if Tua makes big strides, where are these targets coming from? Where are the targets that you know are going to just be pummeled? Where are 140 targets or 159 targets like Tyreek Hill got last year? Where are those targets coming from? They had 21 total passing touchdowns in offense in Miami last year. Tyreek Hill's had 15 in one season before, back in 2020. Right, Jalen Wall had six touchdowns last year. That's why he you know wasn't actually just you know super dominant that's why he didn't have a jamar chase like season or justin jefferson season it's because his qb is holding him back Devontae parker had 73 targets last year okay let's give every single one of those to terry kill we need to find another 50 to get him sorry we need to find him another 57 to get him to his average the last four years when one year he had significant time missed I don't see how he's more than wide receiver 15, and that's if he gets touchdown success. I'm thinking we're going to see wide receiver 20 next year. 
Like this is your last chance. It, it like this is one of my hardest sells. Sell now. He he's going to be a sixth round, seventh round pick next year at least, maybe worse. You're still getting the Bill Selma as a third round pick in startups. This is Julio Jones all over again. Sell now. Yeah, you know I don't have much else with Tyreek Hill. I, I think it's a it's a common theme for me. If you, once you're once you're starting to get old in Dynasty, it's time to sell. Yeah, you know there's these there's these like age cliffs for me it feels like 28 for running back and 30 for wide receiver once the player crests that they have you know their value is just completely gone so you got to get ahead of those those numbers got to get ahead of those age cliffs all right let's move on to uh tight ends huh yeah all right so dalton schultz he's my number one sell he had a phenomenal season last year he really did but who ever thought Dalton Schultz was this great prospect? That's my question. He's young. He 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 hasn't even turned 25 yet. He turns 25 in July next month. But he's on the franchise tag. So he has very little security in terms of his place. Um and I think he'll have a great year, right? Michael Gallup is going to be recovering for most of the year from an ACL. You got C.D. Lamb, and then you have this rookie, Jalen Tobert, who I'm a big fan of, and I think he's got a promising future. But it's possible that for most of the year, Dalton Schultz is number two tight end, or sorry, number two target for this offense, which Dak Prescott's very good at throwing the football. So I could see him having a really good season. But he's going as ADP of 80, tight end five overall. Like, that's just... Sorry, um, Titan 7 overall. That's a uh, misread by me. Titan 7 overall. I mean, Alex Otter, Pat Firemuth, Dawson Knox. Definitely give me Goddard and Firemuth over Schultz. Dawson Knox, eh. I feel like they're a very similar player than Schultz. Similar situation, at least. It just seems like you can, you can get out of a... Target fed. The reason he's successful is just the volume. He just happened to get lucky, right? Sell and move on. Yeah, I don't think he's as much of a good talent as he is like in a great situation. Um, I think with Pat Fryermuth and with um, Dallas Goddard, you're looking at guys who have shown that they are very good assets for an NFL team. Whereas Dalton Schultz, I think he's just shown that he's you know just like. He's an above-average tight end. He's not like a, a bad tight end by any means. He's an above-average tight end. But let me let's go to let's say this right. Like what happened to Jimmy Graham when Jimmy Graham was the lead target for the Saints and then he went to Seattle? You saw this massive loss of targets. What if it happens to Dalton Schultz in a year from now? You know what if what if he goes to somewhere else in free agency and they just don't use the tight end? Um, and you can say like, okay, well if the Cowboys resign him. That's a lot of money to be sending, especially after that Najoku contract. Like, that's a lot of money that they don't necessarily have. So, I want to sell Dalton Schultz, um, and I might sell him. I might try to sell him like mid-year or something, see if I can get like a, a good value. But like, if I can get Fryermuth or get Dallas Goddard, like that's what I'm doing. Yeah, that's why he's an sell for me at the moment. You're telling if if you are willing to trade me Dallas Goddard. Or Pat Frymus plus for Dalton Schultz right now, done. 
you're right that I think he's probably going to have a really good year. So, you know, week six might be like the ideal time to trade him. He might have like peak value there because, you know, everyone's going to be saying, look what he's doing. Of course, you're going to bring him back, yada, yada. You'll be able to find someone to, you know, buy that story. But I'm with you. The Njoku contract, like, are they going to pay that kind of money, this guy? No, I don't think so. Plus, I'm an enormous fan of uh, Jake of Jake Ferguson. They just brought in Wisconsin tight end. Very, very similar player. I think he's a great replacement for Dalton Schultz come 2024 or uh, 23, excuse me. Yeah, I'm with you. Sell. Fryermuth or Goddard, please. Do you have anything else about um, Dalton Schultz? No, no. Uh, so let's move on to Mike Gusecki. Uh, so he's the second tell, sell for the tight ends and, and our last one today. So Mike Gusecki, it's the same principle thing for me with Tyreek. Um, one, I, tied the, tied at the targets are not there, I don't think. And two, I don't think Gusecki's lived up to the expectations that everybody said whenever he was initially like like a year two or three. I don't, I don't I think he's lived up to those expectations. I don't see any reason to invest heavily in Mike Gusecki at this point. Yeah, I mean, I, I put my hat off to Gusecki. He's at, the last two years, he's been very good. He's been a tight end one. Um, he's produced. My issue with you with Gusecki is, like you said, target competition is extreme, and he doesn't have the contract security. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle are going to be there long term. Period. At best, if he gets a you know a new contract, he's going to be the the number third option on a Tua Tagovailoa offense. No, oh, thank you. And he's sneaky old. He turns twenty seven in October, so like he's going as the hundred eleventh player in ADP. You know that's in the tenth round. Like let's get rid of him. He's going to title eleven. Sell him. You know, let me down tier to a Cole Komet if I want a younger project player. Let me down tier to Noah Fan. You know what? If I want someone that can produce right now, let me down tier to Zach Ertz. I'm getting all these players plus. If I really want a down tier, right? Because Gizeki, if he's your number one tight end, you probably don't have that good a roster. But right, say so he's my backup. Let me down tier to David Njoku and plus plus. Or can I up tier? Can I trade, you know, a Gasecki and a and a second to go and get Fryermuth or Gasecki and a couple seconds to get TJ Hawkinson? Like, I just there's so little security. In a year, he could be nearly useless. Yeah, I mean, I don't have much about Gasecki. I think it's just the the big thing there is just you know the volume. I I think it's it's gone. I don't think you're going to see the same volume ever again with Gasecki, and that leads me to want to move on. You know who he reminds me of? Hayden Hurst. Remember Hayden Hurst went to Atlanta, and all of a sudden he had a tight end one season, and he was actually very useful. And, you know, he everyone was excited. What happened once he left that good situation? I think you're thinking of Austin Hooper. He had the, the wire server one season. Thank you. With, uh, Thank yeah. you. Yes, Austin Hooper. Yeah. Sorry. Thanks for that correction. Yes, Austin Hooper, right? Uh. There are these tight ends. They're just average players, average athletes, average tight ends. And they get into these situations that yield great fantasy results. Dalton Schultz. I think Mike Gusecki is the same example. He's had a couple of years where he's just been able to be fed 
large amount of targets. I don't think that's going to happen anymore. I don't think he's this talent that is just going to demand that an offense, wherever offense he's playing for, feeds him the ball. What tight ends? Unless they're right, unless you're Hunter Henry or Eric Ebron a few years ago, you need targets. Tight ends, you either get targets, or you get touchdowns. And Gusecki hasn't been much of a tight end or a touchdown scorer, so he needs targets. I don't think he's good enough to get, you know, the 110, 125 targets that you need to be an elite tight end. So I'm going to sell the guy now before he's worth nothing. All right. Do you have anything else about uh, Mike Gusecki, or do you want to just go ahead and wrap this up? No, I, I've had my piece. Uh, when I'm doing sells, I almost feel like I'm like fighting someone. So it's good to have, right, for us to talk it out. Because, you know, these players, they're just people are missing the boat on them. So really, you got to think of a long term plan with your dynasty roster, and you got to sell people at the opportune moment. Buying and selling is a timing game, it's like stocks. Yeah. You want to wrap us up? Yes. Yeah, so, um, we thank everybody for listening. Uh, you know, please give us a follow on uh, Twitter at Bubblehead FFB. Um, and, you know, let us know what you think. And, um, you know, if you can give us a review in any of the, wherever you listen to the podcast, please do. And uh, we thank everybody for listening. And we hope you guys have a great day. Thank you. Thank you so much.